You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Uh, Heavenly Father, I pray that as we as we gather now in your name, as we have heard your word, I pray at this time that through the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit, that ultimately not my words, but that your living word would go forth, that it would take root uh, in our hearts, that it would bring us the life and the salvation which is found in you. And this I ask, this I offer, in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, sometimes you hear a word uh, or a phrase or a story, something from a sermon that resonates and remains with you, and and perhaps uh, today will be one of those days. Uh, That's not a pat on my back because, thank God, I'm here now. Um, But by way of saying uh, that the Holy Spirit has a wonderful way, and really, quite frankly, a a necessary way of of opening our eyes, of opening um, our ears, of opening um, our hearts. Uh, You and I are like the people that we see in the Bible, so many um, distractions, so many um, concerns, so many defenses, so many preconceived notions and conceptions about uh, God and the way that God should work, uh, that it's often difficult for us to see what's right in front of us uh, and and to hear um, the good news uh, of God. And I I share with you a story, uh, a particular word I heard years ago from a guy, Nelson Koscheski was his name. And Nelson and I worked together for all of two weeks at the cathedral uh, in Charleston, St. Luke and St. Paul. And and Nelson was, Nelson was a fantastic, uh, was a fantastic uh, preacher um, and uh, not so much a pastor necessarily. Um, He had worked on uh, icebreakers in the Coast Guard um, and his personality sort of had that um, same warmth. Um, But anyway, uh, (laughs) but a a fantastic preacher. And he was actually preaching, uh, it was a, diocesan-wide service of epiphany lessons and carols. Uh, I know you're riveted um, to hear more about this, but it was, uh, it was actually a beautiful service, combined choirs from around the diocese together, uh, and Nelson was the preacher on that particular day. And the text was from the fourth chapter uh, of Luke's Gospel, and I'm going to uh, refer to that a little bit because it actually wonderfully uh, sheds light. It's germane to what we hear in Mark's Gospel today and the, and the reaction of the people to Jesus. Uh, and, and Luke 4, Jesus uh, has been um, traveling about uh, through Galilee, and the people have marveled uh, at his words. They've marveled at the light uh, that has come forth from his preaching and from his teaching. They recognize undeniably uh, God is with him, and of course he goes to his hometown, uh, and you know the adage, you know how well things go uh, in your hometown. And he goes And as was his custom, he goes to the synagogue and the scroll from the prophet Isaiah is given to him. And Jesus uh, unrolls it and he gets to the place where it says, The Spirit uh, of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me uh, to proclaim. And he goes on what he has been called to proclaim, anointed to proclaim, what he has been given to preach um, to the people. And uh, Jesus uh, says these words to them, He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, 
to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, he begins with these words, and, and how welcome for the people of that day, how welcome for you and for me, um, a, a promise uh, of good news being proclaimed to us, uh, the promise of liberty being given to us, the promise uh, of sight, uh, the promise of uh, proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor, all these gracious promises, and we hear that the eyes of all in the synagogue are transfixed on him, and Jesus says to them, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. But then uh, things turned. And if you remember how it unfolds, Jesus says, Doubtless um, you will quote this parable to me, Physician, um, heal thyself. Words in reference to the cross which would come. And he also spoke to them. It's almost like Jesus is courting their animosity. Uh, He says, You know what? Uh, I remember a time with Elijah uh, when the people of Israel were in need. Um, But the only one um, that Elijah healed, the only one that he was sent to, was a widow uh, in Zarephath, the Syrophoenician woman um, that he was sent to. So he was sent to um, the outsiders, but not um, to the insiders. We're told that the people went and they uh, took him to the brow of the hill. Do you you remember the story? They took him to the brow of the hill uh, in order um, to throw him off the brow of the hill. Um, I sometimes feel... My preaching is lacking. No one's ever tried to throw me off a hill um, after a sermon. And Jesus um, has clearly, uh, I I think it's safe to say that he stirred the pot here, that there's this vicious um, reaction to him. And Nelson, in preaching on this particular text, said some words which I remember to this day, uh, words which are applicable to what we're going to unpack some with Mark's gospel. And they're words which speak um, to you and to me as well, our expectations and the projections that we try to place upon God. And what Nelson said to the people gathered there, he said, uh, the people uh, of Jesus' day wanted Jesus to be a good Jewish boy. Um, They wanted Jesus to be a a good Jewish boy. But he said Jesus wasn't uh, a good Jewish boy. He was a Jewish boy that came and he stood in the synagogue and said to the people, I am the fulfillment. And if you have a problem with that, you have a problem. uh, Because I uh, am the fulfillment. Uh, They wanted him to be manageable. They wanted him to be uh, controllable. They wanted him to be a, a good Jewish boy. Basically, um, they, wanted, uh, they wanted him to be nice. Does that uh, apply to uh, any of us? Uh, we we want to be nice. We want people to be nice. We want the way um, for God to work um, to be nice. And we have uh, an interesting interaction placed before us today in Mark's Gospel. And it begins with the words, From there Jesus arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. I'll, I'll, I'll be brief. Uh, you can tell me later if you believe me. Uh, but it's important to note the, the transition which is taking, which is taking place here. Uh, Jesus uh, had received increasing resistance from the religious leaders. And one of the things that they were angry with him about, one of the things that they accused him, they said, your disciples don't follow the tradition of the elders. Why don't your disciples Um, follow the traditions of the elders? Why don't they um, play by the rules? They don't wash their hands correctly. Um, And I know that y'all are concerned uh, when you hear this, but this was a a big deal to them. Uh, They said, wait a minute, these, uh, we have all these traditions and all these customs that we observe with great devotion, uh, and we see that you and your disciples um, aren't doing this. 
and we see um, their uh, intense resistance to Jesus. They see, we see they're wanting him to move and to operate and, and to deliver them in a particular prescribed way. Uh, and Jesus uh, says, well, did Isaiah speak of you, you hypocrites? Uh, he says, you, uh, you hypocrites, you're, you're concerned uh, about the fluff. Uh, you're concerned about the periphery. You've created all these rules which draw you further away from God. You've created all these rules which not only push you further away from God, but push others farther away from God. And, and Jesus leaves, uh, at least momentarily, um, the territory of Israel. Uh, he leaves, uh, basically Jesus goes to the dogs. Uh, he leaves um, the territory uh, of the people of Israel and he goes into Gentile country. We're told he goes into um, Tyre and Sidon and he has this encounter with a Syrophoenician woman uh, who comes uh, and seeks to him with a tremendous um, passion, with a tremendous earnestness. And, and we have this encounter uh, between Jesus and the woman, and it, it, it's sort of a perfect example of like, well, um, Jesus doesn't seem to be particularly nice here. Does, does, uh, did that affect any of y'all when you hear this? People have reacted to this over the years with any number uh, of actions. It's just like, is, is this Jesus having a bad day? Um, you know, is it just like, look, you know, he's had a long day and he needs a little time. This, this woman um, comes to him and, and pleads with him um, to heal her daughter. This woman was a Gentile a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread uh, and throw it to the dogs. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you think, what do you think about that? Maybe you're saying, we're hoping you'll tell us uh, about that. Uh, what, do, what, do you, what do you think about that? It's not right to take the children's bread uh, and throw it um, to the dogs. And and as you might imagine, uh, commentators have, have grappled uh, with this. What was going on in this encounter between Jesus uh, and this woman? Was he, uh, was he? And, and of course, as you read it uh, before you, you, you can't see the expression on his face. Was this playful? Was this um, stern? Uh, what, what, was, what was the interaction what was the interaction like? You, you can't necessarily see um, in the text. And of course, there, there have been... Any number of uh, attempts to, uh, to explain this, some more spurious than others. Uh, among the more spurious uh, was, um, this is a wonderful example of the um, Syrophoenician woman enlightening um, xenophobic, misogynistic Jesus. Um, and I would say, um, I'm not telling you what to think, but let's toss that one out. Um, let's think perhaps that's not uh, the most accurate way to interpret and understand um, what, is, what is going on here. And uh, others have said by way of the actual Greek um, that is in the text and the particular use of words which go back and forth that there was a certain um, playfulness uh, in this encounter between Jesus and the woman, uh, a playfulness that she uh, picks up on and enters into. Uh, and and uh, I'll say this, I mean, not surprisingly in my role, I tend to assume the best of Jesus. Um, I, I just, I, I do. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, um, we're not really sure. And again, part of what I want us to think about this morning and the way in which God moves on our behalf, uh, the way in which God um, speaks to us, uh, God doesn't always necessarily worry about being nice. God doesn't always necessarily worry um, about our feelings. Uh, thankfully, um, God... Um, doesn't always coddle us. Uh, he is, um, he is the, the shepherd, 
the good shepherd, the great shepherd of the sheep. Uh, We see him repeatedly throughout the Gospels um, having compassion on people. We see his grace and his mercy and his life and his healing um, going out to people. And we experience it going out to you and to me as well. Uh, And yet also there are situations and times and moments in our lives as well when it seems that God is pressing us. Uh, that God um, is challenging us, uh, that there are um, times of difficulty as well. But we see wonderfully better um, than being nice, uh, better than being a good Jewish boy, better um, than being predictable and manageable. One of the things that we see in Jesus, and one of the things that, interestingly, this woman picks up on, that Jesus' closest followers have not picked up on, um, is that he is indeed a Savior. Um, that he is indeed the one um, to whom we can turn um, that has both the power um, and the desire um, to save us, uh, to rescue us, um, to redeem us. She, uh, among uh, more than any of the others, recognizes her need as she comes to him and says, uh, Lord, cast the demon out of my daughter. His response, let the children be fed first, the people of Israel to be fed first, the lost sheep that I've come to gather not saying that you will not be fed, but uh, I first have come to seek them. It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And interestingly, we see more than anyone else in Mark's gospel, she understands Jesus and she um, enters into the parable which Jesus uh, has shared with her. She enters into the story um, that is placed before her. It's a, it's a dramatically, uh, it's a dramatic contrast between the way that the religious leaders of Jesus' day interacted and responded with him and the way that she is interacting and responding with him. They, they came to him and said, you know what, this is the way you need to be operating. Uh, and if you're not operating in this way, and if you're not speaking in this language, you're wrong. Uh, and here's a woman who comes to him, she says, I didn't expect that, but let me, let me rather, than, uh, rather than being uh, offended, rather than immediately um, pushing away, uh, let me enter into this. Let me interact um, with you. Let me interact within um, this parable which you've shared. And, and amazingly and wonderfully, we see um, that she is indeed um, a child of God. She indeed uh, an outsider, um, a Gentile, one that the people of Israel would have considered a dog, uh, is Uh, grafted um, into his people, grafted um, into his heart. His mercy uh, and his healing uh, go out to her daughter. Uh, His mercy and his healing and his acceptance um, go out to her. And one of the things that we all um, grapple with, we we like to be selective uh, in saying uh, and noting um, our need um, for Jesus, our need to come to him and and our longing for him. And we have that same tendency to try to ask him to move and work and to respond in particular ways um, in our life. But what we see wonderfully here today uh, is that those um, that the religious people of Jesus' day considered um, even beneath contempt, uh, we see Jesus um, going forth and we see his mercy um, and his healing. We see her realization that in coming to him uh, with the humility, with coming to him and the recognition of our need, um, the way in which his grace and his mercy flow forth are overwhelming, are absolutely overwhelming and healing and restoring. And so the question I, I ask to you today, uh, certainly the same question um, that I ask myself as well, uh, it, it's very clear what this woman's great 
um, concern and burden was. It was the health and the well-being um, of her daughter. What is it that you come carrying today? What's your, what's your great um, burden um, that you're bearing? Uh, what's your um, great concern? What is it that you are um, holding on to and longing um, to offer um, to our Savior, longing um, to ask him to enter into uh, this particular situation? Uh, and how um, do we, uh, like so many of the people in the scriptures, uh, try to dictate uh, the way in which God should act uh, in this particular situation? And what I invite you to do along with me this day is, is this, is to see uh, in this interaction which is captured today, the amazing character and grace of our God who goes to people that uh, many would see as absolutely far off, uh, as cut off, as, as beyond redemption. And he goes with power and mercy into their lives to bring healing and redemption. And I invite you along with me to come um, with the humility that we'll pray um, in just a little while as we uh, have Holy Communion. We'll pray that prayer of humble access. Uh, we're not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord um, whose property is always um, to have mercy. Uh, I invite you along with me to bring the things that are upon your mind, your heart this day, uh, the burdens uh, which you are bearing, uh, and praying God's mercy um, to move in them uh, in the way um, that he chooses uh, and through the means um, that he chooses, uh, wonderfully relinquishing that power and that control uh, and finding the, the might and the abundance of his mercy. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, you know how um, difficult it is um, often for us to hear uh, and our uh, vain attempts uh, to uh, control the way in which you move and the way in which you save. And we recognize um, our need for you, that you would move uh, in our lives in a way which, is, which brings healing and restoration and deliverance. Uh, we come to you this day uh, seeking your mercy, seeking um, your blessing. Uh, and pray that you would move uh, as we have seen you move before, uh, that you would draw us to yourself, that we might find the wholeness within. This we ask ourselves, we offer in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <clears throat>